Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the peak of summer travel season. Airlines promise their usual wait, gas prices are headed higher, and consumers are seeking out the best deals on last-minute travel. Technology was supposed to have made all this so much easier, and online travel agents have mostly delivered. But the story is still complicated. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. Today I'm joined by Barron senior writer Avi Saltzman, who has just written about the long saga of Expedia. Hey, Avi. Hey, Alex. Expedia somehow feels really ancient at this point. Everyone's now talking about Airbnb all the time. So is there even room for Expedia anymore? I mean, how does $100 billion in gross bookings last year sound to you? Sounds like a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, Expedia is still the number one online travel agency in the U.S. I mean, it's, it's the number one place people book. And it's not just Expedia, obviously. They own Hotels.com. I'm Captain Obvious, and Hotels.com rewards me basically everywhere I stay. So why am I stopping? They own Orbitz. I booked my trip on Orbitz and used my rewards to upgrade my hotel room, just like that. Like what? It owns VRBO. From beach houses to cabins to condos, find vacation homes that match you with VRBO. They own a ton of properties that you probably don't associate with Expedia. I do not. Yeah, so in some ways it's a lot bigger than most people expect, and it's growing at, you know, still a pretty ferocious rate, 13% growth in revenue and in gross bookings last year. So this is a company that's definitely not a thing of the past. You know, even though they've been around since 1996, they've reinvented themselves every few years and are still really growing fast. And you mentioned Expedia in your story as being that rare Web 1.0 startup, right, that's managed to survive. There really aren't that many of those, right? Yeah, there aren't that many that you can actually think of. I mean, there's Amazon, of course, there's Match.com, but, you know, most of the major web companies didn't quite make it through the 2001 uh, recession, and Expedia actually did, which is, you know, pretty surprising. So how do these businesses actually work? So most of Expedia's businesses, you know, there are a lot of different websites, but for the most part, they use a traditional online travel agency model where they take a percentage of every sale. They generally take 10% plus from the hotel reservation, often over 15%. They take a few percentage of points of uh, flight reservation, and obviously they take, you know, a percentage of any booking that involves both hotels and flights and rental cars. So they're getting a piece of every reservation that you book through their platform. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, why would the hotel companies still be willing to give up 10% of their booking when they can have their own websites? And they've gotten pretty good at booking travelers directly, I think. Yeah, I I think they've definitely tried to do that. But, you know, in in the best of all worlds, they would they would book everything directly and they'd be so excited if everyone just did that. But the truth is people are looking for deals and the notion of being able to compare, you know, the Marriott with the Hyatt uh, generally appeals to people. And so if Expedia can can convince people, hey, this is the way to go, we can get you the best deal, we can find you, you know, the most amenities, uh, a lot of people still want that kind of value proposition, even though You know, some might say, look, you don't actually get such great deals on these sites, but at least you're getting the chance to really sort through a lot of different options 
and potentially get deals or potentially at least see what the competition has to offer. But at the end of the day, from what I understand, Expedia is really making most of their money out of just one of these areas of travel, right? Yeah. I mean, they really make the bulk of their money off of hotels. You know, if you know what's happened, obviously, with airlines in the past five, ten years, they're consolidating. So if there are only basically four uh, major domestic airlines in the U.S., and Expedia doesn't have a lot of power to charge them high prices because, you know, they have very strong market power. Uh, hotels, it's a very different story. You know, there are a few big hotel companies in the U.S., but, you know, there are still a ton of boutique hotels that depend on online sites to fill the rooms, even more so in Europe and other countries. Most of these hotels are not parts of chains. So as much as they desperately want to not have to deal with the Expedias and bookings of the world, it's pretty much guaranteed that they're going to have to deal with them in some way. So Expedia stock this year has actually lagged behind the rest of the market. It's up 19% year-to-date, not a terrible return, but it's below the Nasdaq's 24%. So what does that tell you? I mean, how is this stock trading right now? What do you see as the opportunity going forward? Yeah, I think that this is the kind of company that has been hurt a little bit out of fears of disruption. But this is a company that's dealt with that for, what, 23, 24 years now. I mean, this is a company that started in 96. Uh, They've been hearing about Google's disruption for a decade. They've been hearing about Airbnb for several years. And they've definitely survived it and thrived despite all that. I mean... There are few companies growing consistently in the double digits, both in terms of revenue and in terms of income. This is a company that's expected to continue doing that, has a big opportunity with its own vacation rental business. And, you know, definitely the core part of the business is not slowing down in such a way that people should be trading it at the same level as the market. So it's the kind of company where you're buying a dollar for 75 cents. Okay, so this story sounds great. There's a lot going for Expedia, but there are two things that seem to be standing in its way, at least that we hear about. One of those is Airbnb. That's right. Airbnb has been an upstart competitor that's getting bigger and bigger and is getting a ton of attention. You know, and rightly, it's changed the way that people travel in a lot of ways, or at least at least a generation of people. But again, alternative accommodations, the kind that Airbnb is known for, uh, still make up about 20% of accommodations. So the big part of the game is still in hotels and resorts, and Expedia definitely dominates those along with booking. And as far as Airbnb, I mean, Expedia does have their own version or something very similar called VRBO. Uh, You can get vacation rentals, apartments, that sort of thing there. So it's definitely playing in this field as well. It's uh, the third largest player, but it's definitely working on becoming a bigger player, and it's going to compete with Airbnb over those same rentals. So you actually have a version of Airbnb within Expedia, the company. Right. Investors can in some ways make a bet on an Airbnb-like competitor by playing Expedia because it's going to be one of the big players in this market. Okay, and then there's Google, which, of course, stands in the middle of everyone. Most travel searches, I'd imagine, still start on Google. What's stopping them from just, like, taking everything over at this point? Yeah, I think Google is a 10,000-pound gorilla that everyone has to deal with. The difference with what they do is they're really looking to make advertising money. They're not necessarily in the business of operating, essentially, a vacation site. I don't think they're going to want to be 
taking reservations uh, like uh, Expedia and Booking do. Once you take a reservation, you, you do have a lot of responsibility over that traveler. I think Google favors a sort of lighter touch. They'll you know, direct you to the right website to do something, but they don't necessarily want to take that call at two in the morning when you know, you're, you got bed bugs in there or you got, uh, you know, the AC isn't working. That's just not really how Google works. God forbid you need Google's help with your bed bugs. Yeah, I hope not. I can't remember the last time I spoke to a Google customer service person. I, I don't think they really exist. The other thing is they make so much money from Expedia and booking and all these travel sites. It's incredible. Barry Diller, the chairman of Expedia, said they're spending $3.5 billion annually on Google. Three and a half billion dollars just on ads on Google. Yeah, they're spending three and a half billion apparently on just getting their results in front of the people who want to book travel. So it's an impressive number and it's not one that Google's going to want to throw away by uh, competing even more directly. But there is tension there. There's real tension between Google and these travel companies who say that a lot of the, quote, free links they used to get, like the organic links that would just come up when you search for, like, a hotel, are now paid links. So they have to pay for the same customer who used to just, you know, search for a hotel and then end up finding it organically. And the bigger question is, do regulators care about this sort of thing? You know, increasingly we do hear that Google could be under scrutiny for antitrust type issues. Obviously, the European Union has cracked down a bit on some of their sites, including their shopping sites, over this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't done quite the same thing in travel, but it could definitely be an area that they look at as the U.S. Uh, reportedly gets involved in taking a closer look at Google. As the EU keeps looking at these companies, this could be an issue where they take a look at Google and maybe even tell them to change their ways. Right. And do you think, I mean, if Google does face any pushback from regulators and they decide that they need to kind of pull back a little bit on how aggressive they are on their platforms, is that opportunity then for Expedia going forward? Yeah, I think probably TripAdvisor would benefit even more because their results are, you know, they're even in some ways more dependent on Google. But I do think it would be a benefit to the online travel agencies too, uh, you know, the potential for their results to go up higher on the page so that people actually start their search on an Expedia site would be a big benefit. Right. And I'm, I'm guessing that once Airbnb eventually goes public, could be this year, from what we've heard, probably over sometime over the next year. Do you think there's like a point at which everyone says, all right, Airbnb, it's going to be valued at this crazy IPO-like valuation for a hot unicorn. Do you think at, at that point, people sort of step back and say, wait a second, there's this old company out there, it's called Expedia. It does a lot of the same things and the stock is going to look cheaper. Yeah, I think there's a chance that they get a, a little bit of a tailwind from that. We'll see what Airbnb's numbers are when they put them out and how investors deal with it. But yeah, I think that people might scratch their heads and say, hey, wait, we have a business that, that also has a much more dominant position in the core of travel, which is hotels and resort-type accommodations. Right, and probably Expedia doesn't face some of the regulatory threats that we're hearing about for Airbnb, right? Right. I think Airbnb is obviously still uh, often fighting with municipal governments, that sort of thing. Expedia has a long track record. They don't have the same kind of regulatory scrutiny or anxiety. So that's a potentially a big benefit if Airbnb does face struggles with the government. All right. Thanks a lot, Avi. 
Thanks, Alex. To read Avi Saltzman's full story on Expedia, check out this week's Barons, or as always, Barons.com. I'm Alex Yule. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoft. The show will return next Wednesday. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.